You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to Collective Cafe To Go. This is the podcast version of the Collective Cafe. Now, the Collective Cafe happens every single weekday, Monday through Friday, from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Alpha Collective's Discord server, discord.gg forward slash alpha collective. It is free. It always will be free. There are no strings. There is no bait and switch. If you like to listen live and even participate, come onto stage, comment in our back chat, you can do that. Whether you're on the treadmill, getting the kids ready for school, getting yourself ready for work, commuting into the big bad city, or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom into your home office. On Monday, we manifest. On Tuesday, we talk thought leadership. On Wednesday, we have guests take the stage, almost like an open mic. On Thursday, we do live book reads and discussions. And then on Friday, it's No Agenda Friday, where there is no agenda. Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot, with virtual coffee, with the Collective Cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption. So give us a subscribe if you're listening on the podcast or come and attend one day. Remember, it is a safe, welcoming space and you will never, ever be put on the spot. This is the Collective Cafe to go. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. It is Friday, March 24th. I'm inviting you up onto the stage, should you choose your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to come and join me as we talk about nothing. No, as we talk about everything and nothing and something and whatever is on your mind. I did something yesterday um, and I'm so, uh, I'm so proud of it. Um, I'm so proud of the fact that I was able to um, just, just do it. I mean, it's not, it's not huge by any stretch, but I'll tell you. So let me, let, me take, let me take an interesting, let me just walk you through my insane world at the moment. As you know, I started a talk show called Joseph Jaffe is Not Famous. Actually, it was called Corona TV at the time. And um, it rebranded as Joseph Jaffe is Not Famous. Grow, goal, grow, grow the audience. Goal, um, you know, end up on CNBC. You know the drill if you've been with me um, for a while. But what's interesting is I had, so I had an idea maybe two years ago, maybe, uh, about a premium email that would go out every morning uh, to subscribers 
that would basically just oh i've got a call coming in let me just uh that doesn't happen and that's so weird because also i mean do not disturb so i'm just gonna this is the beauty by the way of uh of a live show um on a call right now so there you go i'll call him back later it's funny how it went straight through to the computer but any any who um so the idea would be that i would uh, summarize every single, every day you would get um, an email in your inbox that would just have like a thought of the day, a quote of the day, and maybe eventually what it became was the one-minute highlight clip from the show. And I just figured it was like, I don't know how many of you have ever gone, like you'll see it often, they'll be selling them at the malls in the little kiosks or in the booksellers, like there'll be Dilbert and there'll be Garfield and there'll be like day planners. They're like little desk things that sit on your desk and every day you just tear off another one corresponding to the day. And sometimes it's a crossword puzzle and sometimes it's um, it's a joke of the day or a quote of the day or or a fun fact, etc. And um, I just didn't get my act together. I don't know why. Um, and then this networking event that I went to earlier this week one of the guys that was moderating one of the sessions, it's like all part of our local community, so I know him very well. He was a head of the media, the global media practice at, at ENY, and he retired several years ago. They have forced retirement at, uh, at a lot of these consulting firms. And he said, you know, something really struck me in in the session. Is like right at the end, you went and just rattled off three different people. You ratted... Uh, ratted. Um, I spoke about Sidney Finkelstein, who said um, that the goal of, uh, well, I said Tom Peters said the, the goal of a leader is to create more leaders. And Sidney Finkelstein said super bosses never burn bridges in even years. And so I just rattled these three things off. And he said, that was really valuable. Like, you must have such a wealth of knowledge uh, in your archives. And, um, and so, like that, just gave me the momentum, and I put together a little, um, a little dummy email yesterday. I'll take a few screenshots when you guys come up. Um, and so, like for example, what you'll see, uh, and I'm very happy to send you like a copy of it as well. If just you know, just DM me or send me your email addresses if I don't have them. Um, but you know, at the start, there's a beautiful graphic that says inspire, and then the topic of it is radical mindfulness. Um, and then there's a body copy that says, Dear subscriber, Daniel Gutierrez was one of my favorite interviews ever. As a successful business and life coach, he had a midlife awakening, burnt his certificates, sold his trophies, and left his well-to-do life in LA for Lima. There he set up a ranch with alpacas and more and helps corporate visitors become more present and mindful, along with tours to Machu Picchu. It's on my bucket list. Daniel got the time wrong. He's on CST and was texting me from a cab on his way back to his laptop Instead of panicking, I stayed calm, started the show a little late without him, and by the time I welcomed him on the show, he was safely in the green room. It was a lesson to give yourself grace. Please enjoy the beautiful yellow tree with love, Joseph. And then there's the one-minute clip of his amazing, um, you know, idea about, you know, concept about the beautiful yellow tree. And then below that, there's just a little quote from the show notes. It said, smell the flower, become the flower, so others will smell you. And then there was a quote of the episode, mindfulness isn't difficult, we just need to remember to do it, Sharon uh, Salzberg, and then a copy of the um, 
just an image of the seated soliloquy and then uh, full show. So there's the YouTube of the full show and then my show notes. And uh, I'm going to do one or two more today. And then I'm going to send these to a few perhaps interested parties. And, you know, it, it's funny because life is all about timing and luck and sometimes being aware of things. Sometimes there are red flags that were so obvious then, but you didn't see them like you see them now, just because you weren't paying attention or you weren't present. Um, sometimes it, it's amazing how when we look back, we see things differently. He, here's a great example of that. A great example of that is like if you were, and I haven't done this, but I should, if you were to go back and watch The Usual Suspects, all the clues that somehow are revealed at the end when the dots are connected, some of them are in broad daylight. That's like, you know, that is like a scammer or, you know, a narcissist or a politician. A lot of them, you know, no names mentioned, but they're basically doing it in broad daylight. And they get away with it because they're banking on people not connecting the dots or paying attention or trusting their gut or talking themselves out of it. Nah, that can't be. No, that's, 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 that's insane. That only happens in the movies. So sometimes the signs are right there in front of us and we just don't see them until we're ready to. So what's interesting to me is while I was at South by Southwest, um, when I was talking to all of these companies, they were all interested in chatting about the archives. Well, you've got 450 of them. Yep, I've got 450. I said, no one created more content than me during the global pandemic. Think about that for a second. Every day, I started off seven days a week, but, but at least for a year and a half to even two years, I was creating a one-hour show and then a 30-minute after show, which I have video for as well. I know, just all things being equal, that four minutes is about 400 words, more or less, all things being equal. So if you do the math, right, 400 times 25, what's that, 9,000? I'm not so good with math. Uh, let's try that. Let's try that calculator. Um, so if four minutes, if four minutes is, oh, it's 15. See, I told you I'm terrible at math. 15 times 400, that's about 6,000 words times five. That's 30,000 words a week. 30,000 words a week multiplied by 52. That's 1.56 million words per year. All about work from home and justice and diversity and, and creativity and leadership and grit and determination and storytelling and curiosity. Suddenly, the monetization of the archive and the content is really interesting. So now that I just did it and I created this little asset, this little sample, I can actually send that sample to someone and say, can you imagine now sending this or receiving this or selling this every single day? You're an organization, 
your you know Nestle, HP, PNG. What are you doing every morning to engage your employees? Imagine being able to send this out to 4,000, 5,000, 10,000 people. Thought of the day. You've subscribed to a unique voice, a unique perspective. Unprecedented, completely differentiated. A snapshot of all of these conversations. Suddenly, everything makes Everything clicks in. Maybe the timing just wasn't right then, but it is now. Praxim, I see you came onto stage. Um, remember, it is No Gender Friday. Remember, we record this and we put this out as a podcast. If you do want to come up, but everyone is always invited to come up and join us. But Praxim, uh, you're like my Friday co-host because uh, I know you can talk during these moments, and I hope I can hear you today. Good morning. I certainly can. Hopefully that's working today. It is. I now, by the way, I check, um, I check my settings in Discord before I start every morning just to make sure that it says Roadcast. And as long as it does, it seems like it's working. That's a good plan. I wish uh, they made it more obvious. The, um, you know, I'm on all these tools all day long, and it is strangely uh, concerning when they just decide to change. I picked a different interface. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, um, but it's also like, I mean, it's exactly what I was talking now with this, um, you know, with, with this, um, uh, radical mindfulness, you have to give yourself grace and, and when you do, and when you're able to just slow everything down, I I had a, I had a, a moment, uh, a radical moment yesterday with my son. We're having, you know, we're, cha- we're having challenges with him. He has ADHD and OCD and, and, um, Yesterday, he had a, an assignment that had been postponed and delayed and extended. And, you know, my wife had basically, like, I don't know, uh, done everything, like from, you know, volunteering to give up her left arm to, you know, bribery, corruption. I'm joking, none of those. Um, and he had to submit it by midnight. And I walked into his room and uh, 5.30, and I said, okay, I'm bring my laptop in and I'm not leaving and neither are you until this thing is done. And he said, okay, then I'm not going to do it. I said, then don't do it. And um, an hour went by and it, 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 it got, it, it, it reminded me honestly of um, dealing with someone going through withdrawal. Um, the worst kind. It was awful. And then, and then he kind of broke as he should have. And, and, there was this moment of of um, of peace, you know, and um, but the point is, what I'd done differently compared to every other time was that I stayed calm. I didn't allow my emotions to take over. I didn't. I didn't allow myself to get sucked in. <clears throat> I just stayed calm. Hey, I'm not going anywhere. You Good know. for you. Uh, I I also have a kids that have different aspects of those traits, and it can be rough as a parent to not get sucked into the high energy, reactive, non-supportive. Uh, just do it because that's what you're supposed to do. State. He is. Um. I mean, it. It. There were moments when I almost when I tried not to giggle. To be honest. Um, you know, because it was like, but 
you know, because it was almost almost funny, except it wasn't. And but what's so interesting is that you know my wife was in another room, like like dying, and um, and I just I just stayed calm. I don't know why the calmness was was I know this is going to work. Why? Because there was love and there was care, um, and 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 there was calm. And I've always said this, always said this that you know one of the most amazing things when when you when you really understand the mental power of an athlete because it is you know it is completely mental you know when you are a scratch golfer you're pretty much i mean they're all pretty much as good as one another pretty much more or less you know when you're a scratch golfer you know the the difference between a 68 and a 69 and a 67 and a 71 I mean, they are literally inches at the best of times. But it's all mindset. It's all mindset. It's all BMT, big match temperament. That's all it is. And it is the people with the strong minds that can, that can just shut out all the noise and all the mess and all the dirt and all the pressure. I mean, this comes down to that podcast that I heard, which is the, the machine brain the chimp brain and the human brain. And the wonderful example, I don't know if I've said this or shared this, but um, the example in this particular case, this mind uh, mindset coach <clears throat> spoke about how a cyclist, I think they called it the gyro or whatever, a British cyclist came to him wanting to, you know, his goal was to win the gold medal at the Olympics. And... In a nutshell, what they found out and what this this coach found out or, or helped him with is realizing that he was allowing his human brain and chimp brain to dominate. The human brain slows everything down because it analyzes and overanalyzes and, you know, and scenario plans and it's much more calculated and strategic and long-term. The chimp brain is very instinctual and short-term but it's still it's still strategic in the sense that it can still think and plan, but the thoughts are much quicker <clears throat> and much more emotionally driven. And so the effect there is you you're concerned the noise, the distraction, the competitor, the you know the <clears throat> the smack talk. Um, and so he got him to a point where when the gun went off, the next thing that the cyclist remembered was crossing the finish line. Just went into almost automatic mode, just like like a machine, just weeded out all the thinking, all the planning, everything that led him up to that moment, he was able to push it aside and just be a machine for, I don't know, 45 seconds or 90 seconds or however long the race was. But the other thing that you will notice with an athlete is that sense of calm, Occasionally they lose their shit because they're human and that's when they get sent off or suspended or, you know, <clears throat> or make an unforced error. But the ones that stay calm are essentially not just being calm, they're slowing, everything is happening in slow motion. And they're able to compartmentalize. They play every point. I always marvel, you know, at the tennis player who can be love 40 three triple match point down 
two sets to love down and come back and win. And there are examples of that. There was a famous, famous five-set victory for Jimmy Connors back in the day when he came back. I think he almost came back from that scenario. And so you realize, A, how strong the mind is, but B, the importance of being able to detach, think calmly, rationally, logically. But also we're human beings, so it's okay to have a little bit of fun as well. There was a little, uh, you know, I mean, we're humans too. We can be childish and immature. We're not perfect. So none of this, and we're also not professionals. (laughs) We're we're not professional humans even for the most part. We're uh, very much flawed individuals trying to figure it out. And I always like the, you know, what I'd say and then hand it back to you is the, the best part of being human is is being imperfect and embracing that and also knowing that people have got your back and people care about you and you can rely on people and you can turn to people. That's the best part that says you are not alone. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that just an awesome feeling to not have to feel like the world, like you're carrying the weight of the world uh, on your shoulders? That was me. That was me when my dad died. I carried the weight of the world on my shoulders. I was the surrogate husband, and I was the surrogate father, and, and, and I was four years old. The hell? It wasn't fair at all. But life isn't fair, I suppose. But still, I mean, that, that, was, that was what happened. That was what happened. And there was, you know, role confusion But ultimately, when we actually realize that we can ask for help, which I never did as a kid, it's like the most liberating thing. Like it is just to be able to say, I don't know. I don't understand. Help me. This is this is way too complicated for me. I'm I'm very good at being self deprecating. That's kind of part of my brand too. I like it. I mean, if you can't laugh at yourself, who you know, who can you laugh at? And that also happens when you don't take life so seriously too. So like I still love the fact that every one of my guests that come on my show said that was so much fun. It still sometimes makes me feel a little weird. Like uh, did you, do you think I was messing around or goofing off or, you know. um, So like I kind of like, I get a little insecure Little imposter syndrome, whatever, just thinking like, you know, kind of like, did, uh, were you expecting something else maybe? Um, but I know, and I have to be secure enough to know that the content is so damn good. The conversation is so damn good. Um, and, and by the way, even if you don't love every part of it, you're actually going to end up with some real amazing takeaways. So I just posted right now in the back chat. This is I just took uh, screenshots of, of what that email would look like, and it's just a dummy. Um, but you can see. Can you imagine getting this in your inbox every single day? Um, beautiful graphic at the top. Maybe the same graphic. Um, the topic in the topic of his his book and and the episode was called Radical Mindfulness. A little note from myself. It doesn't always have to be a personal note. It can be here's what I took away from this episode. This is what it taught me. 
or here's my edition, my build on this, the one-minute highlight, the quote, the seated soliloquy, the show notes. It's something that you could spend three minutes with. Actually, theoretically, you could spend one minute with because that's the highlight. But one to two minutes to start your day off on the right foot. And I actually think, like, like in a weird, weird way, I'm going on a weird direction, whether I like it or not. Because part of my message is, hey, you should have an hour-long um, coffee, a virtual coffee, audio-first virtual coffee every morning for your team, for your staff. Anyone who's got a company that even has five or ten people, you should be doing this. And then the other part, of course, is imagine now building the email into that as well. And short-term, imagine just being able to say to those people, if you don't have the bandwidth or the means or the inclination to start that coffee, just send them to the Collective Cafe. Maybe that becomes the tipping point or the growth catalyst that says we will gladly house and give your employees a home. Just a thought. Back to you, Praxim. Thanks. Um, you, you, this topic really hits home because I find that it's, uh, you, you've described one way to address it, which is, you know, you, you hunker down. The other way that we've used too is that when one of the parents doesn't have the energy, this is specifically for the kid's case, um, we pass it to the other parent. Because sometimes you don't have the energy to deal with the, the situation. And that's also have you ever done that? Yeah, well, I mean that's also <clears throat> that's also uh, part of well, <clears throat> there, there are two parts to that. The, the there's a difference with passing the buck, right, and and being able to say and ask for help. What, one of the things that I'm learning, I'm like literally learning this in real time, is not to get involved. You know, speaking of parents and co-parenting. Um, not to get involved in a fight that's not mine. That's the uh, codependency and the interdependency. Now, what I learned, I mean, I kind of always knew it, um, but when I became spousified and parentified as a kid, you know, when my dad passed, was I would, and I'm not joking, I stopped this maybe at the age of, I don't know, 35 to 40 Uh, Like, I want to say, like, in that, let's say 35, 35, um, where I remember being at a restaurant in Cape Town and uh, my brother snapped at my mom for something. Like, you know, she was like, what do you want? What do you want to order for lunch? And he's like, do you mind? I'm like, still looking at the menu. And I said to him, don't talk to your mother like that. That was the standard line. Don't talk to your mother like that. And... And they was like, don't tell me what to do. And I'm like, I can. But the reality is, it's not my role. It's not my role to say, don't talk to your mother like that. It's my mother's role to say, don't talk to me like that. It's not my fight. Even though I want to, you know, throttle him. And so with parenting, um, ultimately, it is fantastic for a parent to ask for help from the co-parent, 
or for the other parent to say, would you like some help? And actually what I'm learning quickly is that when that happens, then the parent who has asked for help or accepted the help needs to back the F off and allow the other parent to help. Especially, yeah, especially yeah, if they have really. different parenting styles. Oh, that's that's us to a T over here. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, like... so, sometimes one style works and sometimes it doesn't. Like, sometimes it's worse to change. I'm going to be making a recommendation to you offline about someone that uh, and a program that 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 seems to be working for me. <laughs> oh, I, I, you know, we always look for new resources, new opportunities because every well, let's just put it: every child when they run into their difficult times, no matter what their diagnosis may or may not be, you need a uh, set of resources and tools to. Now, I'll extend that vigor. Um, it's not just kids, like. You have to look at every challenge and opportunity that way too. Yeah, and like and this week, uh, no, carry on. And this week, I've been off running, hustling for work because something had to be done by today. Well, technically, had to be done by Thursday morning, but uh, uh, the presentations today, when I go in front of the the gaggle of VPs and SVPs to present, so. It'll be it'll be interesting. Every opportunity, every challenge leads to a new opportunity. So, you you know the the, the other thing as well, going back to this idea is, um, I most of my life I've been super intense, super intense, and you know, and it's exhausting when you constantly have to. You can look at this on many levels, right? Like like always being on like always being expected to be the expert, always being expected to give an answer, always being the star of the show, always being in the spotlight. It is exhausting, you know, and, and that's best case scenario, draining and exhausting. And sometimes, like, it's, it's okay to actually just be a little goofy or, or childish or actually say, you know what, that wasn't me on top of my game. You know, it was one of my weaker moments. I that was a little childish. Got got to be honest with you. Like that probably, um, and I'm talking about a different version of um, of being able to accept or admit weakness, whatever. I'm talking. It is a different kind of weakness, but it's also a strength that actually says, "Listen, you just you just have to. You can't you can't work every day. You can't." You can't. You just can't be on all the time. You got to figure out. Um, I mean, I had this amazing conversation with with um, with Clara Capano. Um, you know, she she's doing a lot of work specifically with mom mom entrepreneurs um, and focused on women. And we had just a ridiculously uh, amazing conversation about um, work life. She doesn't call it balance. She calls it work life harmony. Um, one of her quotes, I'll probably just share it today on Instagram and everything. I'm just so behind with all this content because I've been doing uh, so much uh, pre-recording. Um, but she said, um, you can't have it all. No, she said, I'm sorry, the opposite. Because ta- I was talking about like how I've spoken to so many women uh, and they say, everyone that says you, you can't have it all, you know, you, you can have it all. You can have it all as a woman. It's It's completely just not true. You can't be 
a great mom and wife and, um, you know, and work 40, 50 hours a week. It's just not possible. But what Clara said was, you can have it all, but you can't do it all. And I love that little, that little nuance as well um, that actually says, you know, burnout is real and it's happening on so many levels. And, and the flip side of that when we talk about purpose is, and consistency is, can you see yourself doing this for the rest of your life? Whatever it is, can you see yourself? In fact, I, yesterday I had an amazing conversation uh, about nutrition and diet. Um, and uh, it's just, I love these conversations. Mike Milner had an amazing session with him. You know, and, and speaking about why, why diets fail and fads fail and, you know, and the fact that it's just not part of your life. So I like that too, which is the ability to sometimes, and, and the only thing I'll add to that is as long as there's not role confusion, and I'm not talking about your own role confusion, but I'm talking about other people, which is like, I don't, you know, I don't know when you're being serious and when you're joking. That That's a problem. Um you know, it's the parent that actually says, I'm not your friend, I'm your parent, um, which is not necessary to say, but sometimes you actually can be a friend. But when your kid doesn't know when you're the friend and when you're the parent, it's confusing. It's confusing for everyone. So I like to think of the opposite, which is when you see someone that you don't expect to actually just be a little goofy or a little bit childish or a little bit immature, or cra- it's actually unbelievably refreshing which is like i did not expect that from you like where did that come from um part of it is this idea of leave you know leave people guessing surprise and delight so when you see someone out of character but just for a moment in a good way it actually endears you to them much more you know as opposed to you know as opposed to that role confusion i have it sometimes with uh, with my rabbi I mean, we're friends, really good. We're, we're friends. And occasionally, um, I'll cross a line and I'll say something or do something and he'll like admonish me. I'm like, dude, what, what the hell? You know, I mean, weird saying what the hell to rabbi, but still, you know, and so. <laughs> it's so, kind of funny, actually. Yeah, but it's like, it, it's like, it's confusing sometimes. It's like, well, listen, you know, and sometimes I'll get a little emotional, like sensitive about it. And I'm like, listen, we, we can keep this like professional, man, like just down the line. You know, and it's like, uh, who who asked for that? But so sometimes, you know, but those are the guardrails and the guidelines that help you triangulate a relationship. Okay, that was a little, I went a little too far on the left. On the right, maybe I didn't go far enough. What if I move, you know? So you figure out what, what um, you just figure out what flexibility you have in a relationship. And you learn. And of course, there's nothing more liberating and powerful as being able to say, I messed up, forgive me. I'm sorry. How can I make it better? By the way, if you've just joined us, um, there is a poep which I will speak about. It is a beautiful yellow tree. The poep. It is a beautiful yellow tree, which may or may not be linked to the secret word, which may or may not be lowercase and may or may not be three words. Beautiful yellow tree. That's exactly how Daniel says it when you watch that clip. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll post it, paste it for you. Still one of my favorite ones. Maybe forever will be one of my favorite ones. 
I just uh, I just put it into the cafe chat. Please watch that if you've never seen it. I share it all the time. Uh, that also is the poet, by the way. The the color, I mean the the image of the tree. Um, it's just one of my favorite ones. So if anyone wants to join us on stage, talk about it's no agenda Friday. We can talk about anything. Just remember, um, I have to. Uh, I, I've now. I mean, this is also my learning this week. Remember, we do record this and we put it out as a podcast. So anything you say can and will be used against you. Just joking, not by me. Um, if you do want to, you know, mention anything, but Praxim, back to you, my friend. What else is on your mind? You want to stay on this topic or move somewhere else? Oh, I was going to talk about uh, you have to practice. So yeah, I, would, I had a week of time off, you know, working the more uh, structured uh, job than self-employed. And you have to make time to practice disengaging from work. Uh, I, it's riffing on your idea of uh, balance between all the things in our life. Work-life balance, whatever you want to call it, harmony, right? Um, One thing I learned many years ago, and I think many people don't, either don't, haven't admitted it, or sometimes they just are so good at it because they're they're uniquely individual. I had to train myself on how to disengage from work in a healthy way on, on a, not on a weekend, but like when you actually step away from work for a week or two or three or whatever that happens to be in your particular profession. Um, and you have to hone that skill. You have to hone the skill of finding harmony and disengagement. Just as we hone our skills to be successful at what we do and communicate and engagements, we have to hone our skills in disengagement. I had a, um, I made a huge, huge mistake for many, many years, um, which is, you know, I, I've been essentially on my own since 2002 and with maybe a tiny little window in the middle when my company was acquired and I was working for the new company Uh, but for the most part I've been um, working seven days 24 7 365 and I have no problem with that I have no problem with working a little bit every day I'm always on in the sense that you know my email comes in my text messaging I don't I don't just stop looking at email on the weekend. But what would happen is it would be like 5.45 p.m. or 7.30 on a Friday night. And I'd get an email that a client had, um, I didn't get the speaking gig or, you know, a client was canceling or some, some really bad news. And I would just clam up and I would become, I would, I would, retreat into myself and I would snap at my wife and I would be angry with the kids and kick the dog. Okay, I didn't kick the dog. Um, but, and of course, you know, they'd say, what's what's wrong? Anything, uh, nothing. Why should something be wrong? But there was so much like, I guess, shame and humiliation and sadness. And instead of welcome, welcoming them in by saying, I just got some really bad news. I basically shut them out. I kept it in. I shut them out and and the whole thing just went to hell. Um, Now, if we just unpack that just one more, one step, uh, you know, beyond that is just to have said, perhaps I shouldn't have been on my damn phone when it was time to sit down and eat. And I recognize that and I respect that. 
that probably I should have said, well, it's 7 p.m. on a Friday. We're going to be eating soon. Put the phone away. So even if there's good news coming in, it's that healthy boundary. Um, and, you know, looking back now, if I could do it all over again, I would be like, yeah, I just got some bad news. Damn it. I, I didn't get the contract. So commiserate together. Don't worry. You'll get them next time, tiger. <laughs> Let's have a tequila shot together to commiserate. Or in my case, I would have both tequila shots. But yeah, I mean, good morning, Influencer X Will. <clears throat> How are you? <clears throat> Praxim, are you still with me? He, okay, yes. So, so he's he's mindfully checking his audio settings. <laughs> yeah, you may nope, need still to, can't hear you. <laughs> you may need to uh, drop out, come back in. I tell you, Discord can be still a little. A little uh, um, icky. Let me let me welcome him up. All right, how we doing now? We're doing uh, great. Bingo. Hey, I heard something about tequila. I'm working right now, but I said, I got to get up there and do a shot with you guys. You know, I, I, I'll t I'll tell you, I was uh, in this networking session, the same networking session that I discussed at the where there was a guy, uh, a Web3 guy, who could be a really, really, really good contact, um, who would have thunk, you know, like, uh, in a kind of small local meetup, uh, the same Ernst & Young ex-partner, um, <clears throat> etc. And, um, you know, the whole conversation was about work from home, and, you know, and, 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 and the older people there were like, you got to get him into the office. Like, you got to get him in a minimum of three days. And the younger people are like, that ship has sailed. And, and, and people were saying, how do we connect with one another? And, and, and I said, look, honestly, there are two ways to do that. In the morning, through a Discord audio first um, session, like we're doing right now. And in the evening, you do cocktails. You do it on Zoom. And you do cocktails, you actually have a drink together. And you'd be surprised how much fun it can be. It really can. You know, and, and in some cases, you can actually really be very deliberate. So, for example, if it's a session, you can get a mixologist. You can send, for example, if everyone's making Moscow mules, um, it's very easy to send people a little bit of ginger beer uh, or ginger ale and uh, and vodka, you know, a little kind of like uh, airplane size and a nice kind of coppery, I think it's copper, copper cup and um, and maybe a little bit of honey and 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 a, and a stirring stick and say, today we're all going to make a Moscow mule. And then everyone feels that sense of involvement and, you know, the experiential part of it. Everyone has a drink and, 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 and relaxes a little bit. So... You know, when I when I conceived um, Alpha Collective initially, what I wanted to do is one hour of programming every day. So one morning would be breakfast, and then one, and then the Alpha talks would be like at lunch, and then there'd be an Alpha learn, which would be maybe in the mid morning or mid afternoon, and then there'd be like an Alpha thought leadership, which would be at night, like a Twitter space, like a debate. But then on a Friday afternoon, 
would be the 4 p.m. or the probably 5 p.m. because it's 5 p.m. somewhere, um, and everybody has a drink together. I still might do that. Um, but that's the idea. The idea is if you believe that the ship has sailed in terms of us showing up five days a week in the office, and I think everybody believes it has. I'm not saying it goes to zero. I don't think it should. Um, I definitely think Fridays, no one should ever have to work in the office on a Friday ever again. Um, and I kind of like the idea of no one working on a I, I'm mixed with Monday because Monday is a good way to kick the week off on the right foot. But if people didn't come into the office on Monday, maybe they could have longer weekends. Um, but let's just assume that Monday is a good day to come into the office. And Friday most definitely is not. So you can still have people coming in, but for all the people that are home or stuck at home, and, and, and let's not forget for a second that before COVID, bigger companies with multiple offices were remote anyway. And bigger companies with remote offices and many divisions had people that were on the road all the time, especially salespeople living out of a suitcase, waking up lonely in a hotel room. So the idea of connecting them through technology, hell, I mean, through Skype or a conference call even, like even before Clubhouse and Twitter Spaces and Discord, it's not like in Telegram and, and you know, an iMessage, WhatsApp. We, we had the means to do this. We just chose not to. That's why the future of business is community. The future of everything is community. And to a degree, I think tokenization will play a huge role. And by the way, a question that we've asked for years, Fanzo and I would discuss this often, which is, do you need Web3 in order to do any of this? That's, <laughs> that's the big controversial question maybe for another day. Do you need crypto to power the token as opposed to do you need a token? Um, and do you need uh, Web3 to power community? Uh, the answer is probably not necessarily, but you know, but it helps. You see, all of this will, all of this comes from you just saying, "Let's have a tequila." I just wanted to kind of add to what you were just saying, Jeff. Yeah, I'm, I'm still bullish on Web three and a tokenized economy. And, you know, I, I believe if it's built right, you know, there can be a lot of value in it. You know, some might ask a question. Well, you know, if I want to pay for something, why don't I just pay in fiat? Well, you know, the way I see it, if someone really, really, really wants to learn something, um, you know, maybe they can prove that they really want to learn that by taking that extra step, uh, you know, to, to, to buy some coin and then to pay with that. And that's just one of the things that I think about where there'd be a lot of value. Um, you know, in my, in my opinion, a token, that's, if it was created, it should have some kind of tokenomics built into the actual coin contract. And, you know, what's really neat, I... Just for shits and giggles, I created a token a while back called the Influencer X token. And just to see how it worked, you know, I never added any liquidity to it or anything like that. But it's it's kind of cool because the way I built that contract, and it was really easy to build, it cost me about 100 bucks. Yeah, when somebody trades the token, let's say somebody swapped it back for whatever it's paired to, uh, then you built the contract in a way where it gets redistributed into the liquidity pool, maybe into a marketing wallet, and then also back to the holders. And, you know, so somebody just by holding coins, just from, you know, the sheer volume of transactions back and forth, uh, that would encourage them to hold. And so, obviously, the point of cryptocurrency in the first place is to be an actual currency. 
and you know kind of creating an ecosystem where people can you know if you pay me to do something then i'll hold on to those coins and pay somebody else to help me with something and just kind of keep that currency kind of within the ecosystem so i definitely think there's uh, a lot of value if it's built right if you haven't uh if you haven't seen um <clears throat> the the article that i wrote in my newsletter i've just posted that in the back chat it's called um uh, brand tokenization uh how it started versus how it's going um and um you know I t- and and i and i talk about a lot of that and i say i believe in the tokenization of everything but i've also learned you know in some cases the hard way um that first of all you need scale right it, as i said this would this works really well for taylor swift it doesn't work as well for swift taylor <laughs> whoever that is and um and you you also you you need um, you need acceptance. You need scale uh, in not just in terms of audience and community, but also in terms of acceptance and the ability to transact with that token. Uh, but most importantly, if you don't have, and even if you are whether you are Swift Taylor or Taylor Swift, you need the ability to exchange it for fiat until such time that you don't. And uh, and we are a long, long, long way from being able to, um, I mean, that's where, that's where uh, Bitcoin is going to be so critical uh, for to be the tipping point. When you can actually accept Bitcoin, and Bitcoin is accepted, I should say, to buy everything from a Coke at the corner store to a ticket on the train. Um, that's why I saw that ATM in Austin. It was very interesting. It was a Bitcoin ATM. I should have actually tried it. I didn't know whether actually you were, like, whether it was you could use, I should have. I don't know if it was basically trying, you know, you you exchanging Bitcoin for USD or you being able to buy Bitcoin or I'm not really sure what the ATM was. I just took a photo of it. But all of these things, and, and actually in the article, I actually talk about how I will power my economy, which is three ways, right? There is definitely the hold aspect of it. And there's the redeem aspect of it. And then there's going to be the POAPs as well. Um, and when you put that all together um, in, a, in a smart way, and, and, and the, the most important thing, I said the most, the most, most important thing is that there must be, and I said this very clearly, the holder and the owner of the, to- the, owner of the token must be able to convert a certain amount of that token every single day, week, month, year, whatever, for fiat. And above board, transparent, where the community actually buys into it because the community wants them to succeed. The community wants them to pay the mortgage. The community wants them to be rewarded. And so once you have those very clear, transparent flows built in, you know, that are not, that are, that are everything say the blockchain doesn't lie. Uh, the blockchain doesn't lie, but you sure as hell can confuse the crap out of the blockchain by uh, lots of smoke and mirrors and misdirection and free flows and flow freeze and, you know, and, and as we're all learning. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I believe in that. I believe, I said it in 2010, and I will say it now in 2023, that every single brand on this planet will have some kind of universal currency, as I called it in 2010. The Nike swoosh, they already have dot swoosh. The Starbucks siren, in their case, they have Odyssey, the Coke ribbon, the Target bullseye. 
Um, it is so obvious that when you have a universal currency or universal token, you can buy it, sell it, hold it, exchange it, redeem it, gift it, I guess stake it. You can do all of these things. But most importantly is you can exchange that for priceless experiences, rewards, access, Super Bowl tickets, chances to win. This is how a brand can really, really connect the dots and connect with their community. What say you, Praxim slash Influencer X Will? As I swig my coffee. Uh, so I, I'm thinking, like, I have currencies all over the place. I have Bing search points. I have airline miles. I have hotel miles. These are currencies for those brands, right? Um, pr- pr- I'd love to hear if you don't think they are, but I, I think I know where you sit. Um, the the problem is, is they I don't be, I don't feel as a part of that community with those currencies. Yeah, because I mean, again, what is a currency at the end of the day, right? It's uh, you know, and it's funny because we talk about tokens, right? Think about it: the POAP is a token, the coin is a token, the non fungible is a token. They're just all different tokens. Some are fungible, some are non fungible, but they're just units. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 so belonging, connection, intimacy, empathy, these are all aspects of community. You you know I've said this and I will quote this until until the end of my days, which is the definition of community is a group of strangers who care about each other a little bit more than they should. There's nothing. They're all people from different walks of life. They're not necessarily. They are. They are communities of people. But even communities that are bonded, you know, pun not intended, by something in common. And it isn't just, oh, we happen to be here. It, you know, if you think of your church community, if you think about your, your, your synagogue community, your mosque community, your, your running community, your anything community, your stamp collecting community, you all have that one thing in common, that red thread, but you're all different from different walks of life, different income streams. Yes, again, that can be changed. You can all be members of like YPO or you can all be, you know, your high net worth individuals, you could have a lot more in common. But do you really have everything in common? Ideals and 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 morals and values and you know, I would say like at the this is why my web three definition is shared values, shared ownership, shared rewards. That's web three. Think about that. There's something to think about over the over the weekend. Think about communities that you belong to or have belonged to. Think about communities that have grown and evolved and matured, and think about communities that have derailed. Think about the values. Think about the ownership, and think about the rewards. Then think about the concept of shared and how that plays into or goes into effect. How much of it is, you know, as I've called it, you know, uh, in, in a in a, in a, in a a provocative and uh, mischievous way, Ponzi versus Isnop, top-down versus bottom-up, versus the ultimate community where there is no 
There is no point. There is no bottom-up, the leader at the bottom. There's no top-down, leader at the top. It is truly shared. There are no, you know, to use the concept, whales. There's no uneven distribution. That's the utopia. That's the ideal. That's what you're aiming for. Shared. What is shared? My, my son just finished a paper, that paper last night that he had to submit at midnight. He submitted it at 11.56. And he told me that today, South Africa is one of the most unequal. The inequality is one of the, the largest, if not the largest, in the world today. Despite, you know, coming out of apartheid, despite the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, despite affirmative action and, 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 and black empowerment, because there is so much corruption, massive corruption in, in the government, but also just because maybe some chasms are just too large to be crossed. But what's happened in South Africa is the rich got richer and the poor got poorer. And yes, there, is a, there was a rising, growing middle class, but not at the expense of the rich getting ridiculously richer and the poor getting unbelievably poorer or not you know, being, or being left behind. So the last thing I'll say about that is, again, values, ownership, rewards, the concept of shared equality versus inequality and what that distribution looks like. But let's just focus on values for a second. Are you living your values? Are you being true to yourself? Are you able to practice what you preach? Are they just words or are they words that mean and words that matter? Is there the follow-up and the follow-through, the delivery, the execution? Or is it just something else that chat GPT just came up with, which is just bullshit and superficial and fake and artificial and contrived? Something to think about as well to really, really lean into and understand the power of value and values. So we're almost at nine. I want to give Praxim and, and, uh, and Influencer X an opportunity to kind of bring us home. Uh, I want to wish you all a, an amazing, happy, uh, uh, um, harmonious, right? Not balanced, but harmonious weekend. The POEP, um, it will become available in... Uh, just under a minute, but uh, Praxim and Will, do you want to bring us home? Well, yeah, first of all, I just want to say, uh, Jaffe, I really appreciate you having this space in the mornings. Um, Mondays and Tuesdays are my days off, so I'll definitely be there on those two days. And uh, it's always great to see some people that I really love in the audience, Billy Bowie, Chris, Peggy, Jensen. And uh, yeah, I really care about you guys. And it's always good to see you guys. So appreciate you guys. Have an awesome Friday. Thank you. And just, just remember our goal, our manifested goal, we have seven days left to get 20 people in a room uh, to see if we can get up to 20 people in the morning. Um, and even if we miss it, um, we will just keep going. Today we, had, uh, today we had about 10 or 11 and it was amazing. And um, people listening on, listening on the pod as well, we just keep building um, together and, uh, you know, uh, never getting too ahead of ourselves because what we never want to lose is the intimacy. Uh, Praxim, uh, bring us home, my friend. I was going to add, spend a few minutes every day honing a, a thought or a skill uh, to stay harmonious. 
Yes, it's intentional. The concept of being intentional, which is don't, you know, you can manifest and then you have to, but it doesn't just fall into your lap. You can, being intentional um, is a, is also a starting point um, and then you have to follow up and follow through. Um, and remember, we can always lean on each other. That's, this is, this is a support group of sorts in the sense that we can, we're here for each other. Um, and, um, and you know, the people I look at it, I still think to myself, I go, there are 8 billion people on this planet and they're all, you know, searching for us. They just don't know where to find us. Um, they will. And, uh, and, and, and we will connect with them and we will, you know, build together, um, and we will find them and they will find us when the time is right. Um, and, um, so, yeah, so fantastic. Thank you, everyone. Go get your POAP. Um, and um, I will see you uh, on the internets um, over the weekend, but maybe not too much um, as we try and uh, spend a little bit more time, a little bit more harmony with our family. Take care, everyone. Bye. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.